Welcome to Quit Bleeping Around, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve more in life. Here's your host, Christina Eanes. Hey, Super Achievers. For this episode, I'm interviewing Drew Davis. Drew is a Renaissance man who helps people find the threads of humanity and truth in their stories so that they can share them with the world. Welcome, Drew. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Christina. I appreciate it. Well, I, I love the topic uh, that you are going to speak on. But before we get into that, can you share a little bit about your background? Yeah, absolutely. It's um, It's been a bit of a winding road, which actually also fits nicely into the, the topic of intuition. Um, but I actually started my career in restaurants and sort of worked my way through every position in and out of the kitchen that you can. I was a line cook, a bartender, a maitre d', a floor manager, a general manager, a chief operating officer, et cetera, et cetera. And after that, I kind of started to tumble my way through a number of different ideas and endeavors to figure out, um, not you know, who knows what I'll ultimately pursue, but kind of what I wanted to do next. And so that included some stints as a a business consultant for restaurants. I did some career coaching uh, for some peers of mine uh, with whom I graduated business school. Uh, I was a group fitness coach and a personal trainer for a, a brief window of time. And then more recently, I was actually uh, writing, producing, and performing my own um, solo shows, like a one-man uh, hour-long storytelling show at a couple of venues around Chicago. And oh, I was actually cool. right. In, yeah, thank you very much. Um, I was actually in the middle of a run when when COVID hit. So oh. we did our second out of four performances on a Wednesday. And that Friday uh, was the first like, eh, maybe next week might not happen. And then, you know, obviously, got eight months later. <laughs> here we oh. go. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's, uh, that was kind of like my, my rolling uh, journey. And, and coming off of that, I'm, I'm in the midst of hatching uh, a number of different ideas that I'm excited to pursue based on all the things I learned from those different projects and and jobs. Oh, cool. And that was going to be my question. Are you taking the show virtual? <laughs> uh, so what I ended up doing was some smaller pieces of it, like carving out uh, either like a single eight minute story or maybe a, a couple of stories to get up to 15 minutes. The The ability to keep engagement through a screen is such a different universe yeah. than stage. And, you know, like that's in some ways an exciting challenge, uh, but it was, it was not easy to kind of take the show as it was and just kind of plop it in my living yeah. room. Oh, um, yeah. So I, I tried a bunch of things. I actually took a stand-up class and did some stand-up online, which was like the weirdest thing I've ever done. <laughs> uh, but it was like, it was great practice and, uh, you know, a good avenue for a, a couple of failures along the way. So that was also the good. Yeah, nice. Well, uh, and especially like man, time in the restaurant industry, that's got to be like six months there is like five years everywhere else, right? It's it's boot camp for sure, particularly <laughs> yeah. when you're first getting into it. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I think this would be true of a lot of people who have spent any any amount of time in the industry. The lessons I learned there in terms of triage and prioritization, how you think about taking care of people, what it means to kind of create an end-to-end -end experience from the moment someone, I mean, maybe even finds your website, but from when they walk in the door to when they walk out. And, and so much of that mentality goes into a lot of what I do now. And so I'm grateful I did it. But yeah, I mean, that'll, that'll shave some years off your life. <laughs> yeah. Well, so our topic today is improving your relationship with intuition. 
So let's dive in. Where are we going? Sure. Um, I think it almost makes sense to kind of start with what is intuition. Um, it, it's funny. I was uh, doing some extra reading, getting ready for the show, um, partly because I, I always feel pressure to to present some level of expertise. Although I think all of us, to some extent, are kind of figuring it out as we go. That's, that's sort of what we're. That's life. <laughs> that's life. Yes, exactly. Um, and, and what I find so fascinating is I think the number of different ways that people even categorize and think about intuition. Um, so what I would say is that um, intuition is a sense of knowing that exists within you and uh, without getting into any kind of like religion or creation story, that, that there is a, a sense that can kind of guide from within you that will lead you toward that which will make you kind of happy and fulfilled and and what I would call aligned um, when you don't feel like different parts of your life are moving you in different directions. Oh, yeah. And I think what is um, often mistaken for intuition is our internal narrative, which is basically we're all constantly writing a novel in which we are the hero or, or heroine. Uh, or however you might define that, and we're, or we're kind of or villain, <laughs> yes, as as the case may be. Some of us are Slytherins, I don't know. Um, <laughs> so uh, oh, I love that frame. Anyway, uh, so and in doing so, we start to think that the narrator's voice watching us go through these things is intuition, and it's not. That is a voice that is informed by how we were raised, where we were raised, major events in our life, stories that we really hold on to. And fear is something that actually comes up a lot in that voice. Um, you know, whether it's like literally fear of death, fear of separation from the self, fear of failure, any of those things. And so you start to hear a voice in your head that says, but what if you fail? What if this goes wrong? And people are like, oh, that's my intuition telling me I shouldn't do this. And I would say, no, that's your fear speaking. Intuition isn't emotionally charged. It's usually not hyper urgent. Um, like intuition is almost like a very, very, very old person who has like the wisdom of the universe and is very quiet. And only when you're able to sit still and really listen closely, can you kind of start to sense where, where he or she might be pointing you. Wow. Yeah. I like that. The little wise sage within us. Yeah, exactly. So how do we make sure that we are listening to the right voice? How do we develop this? Yeah. Um, so one of the, the things I just mentioned, um, stillness is, is a practice that I think all of us need to develop in some way. And I, I want to be clear, because um, one of something I find very frustrating is that right now, I think meditation is enjoying both a well-deserved and somewhat complicated moment in the spotlight, um, where it has kind of become, you know, it's like, if you're not meditating, you're not a leader, and you're not wise, and you're not informed, and et cetera, et cetera. To me, meditation is really about engaging in any activity in which you're able to actually kind of like purge the top 30% of what your brain is thinking about and get into second order thinking. I mean, it, it may sound crass, but like, this is like bathroom and shower ideas. Like that's yeah. when you're starting to peel back some of the layers of your to-do list and what's next on your schedule and et cetera, et cetera. For me, it's running. Um, so I actually have a more of a moving meditative practice, but after about 10 minutes, um, my brain just gets quieter and I can start to, to feel into and hear some of those things that are present. Um, another way to frame it, 
that that I think is helpful is actually referring to uh, our nervous systems. So your nervous system has has two states. There's sympathetic and parasympathetic. Sympathetic, everyone's heard of. It's called the fight or flight system. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's when your your body actually shuts down some of its functions in order to preserve your ability, basically to either get in a fight or to run away. Um, we're less likely to go to the bathroom. Our pupils are dilated. Like we're, we're kind of in this constantly agitated state. And I think what isn't often discussed is that like, today's society basically has you in a perpetual hum of fight or flight. Um, the notifications on your phone, the amount of caffeine and sugar we have, the lack of sleep we're getting, like our body is kind of like always slightly ready for war. And that's a a very difficult place from which to make, you know, really important decisions or or to find some of that clarity. And so the good news is there are a a whole bunch of different channels into the parasympathetic, which is, is better known as the rest and digest system. And part of that is breathing. Sometimes if you're, if you're breathing more slowly through your nose, you can actually start to activate that system. Exercise is one because it kind of puts you into a heightened uh, fight or flight state. And then as you come down from that exercise, that's sometimes why people feel so good after a workout is because they're actually sinking down into kind of a deeper level of calm and, and relaxation than they've been able to access. Uh, you know, what we eat is, is certainly important. And I'm, I'm by no means here to, to advocate for any diet. Um, I think I would just suggest to you, if you're eating something and you can ask the question, is my body psyched that I'm eating this? And the answer is yes, like it's probably going to help. And if the answer is no, like you're probably eating ice cream, in which case I would join you because I love ice cream. Um, <laughs> but there are definitely some nutritional choices we can make that, that can help move us, move us into that space. And I think the important thing is sometimes, you know, even in, in rifling through that list, it can feel like, oh my gosh, I have to do this total reevaluation of my life top to bottom. And that's not true. There are each of those individually by itself is, is a way to move on a path toward that kind of sense of calm that can, can be really powerful. And it doesn't need to be everything at once all the time. It just needs to be, you know, starting to find little areas to make little changes and improvements. And the cool thing is, if you get positive reinforcement from taking that action, it inspires you to keep going and to do more of it until you hit the point of diminishing returns, and then you stop. Yeah, so uh, what I'm thinking is, is you're sharing is I hear that other voice in a lot of the ways people are putting rules around this kind of stuff, like meditation, mm-hmm. I should be doing this, I should be doing oh it that gosh. way. Yeah, yep. I need to dive deep into my life. I need to. <laughs> oh, my God. So that even that little voice can get out of hand um, when you're trying to engage in stillness and calm. For sure. And uh, I, I never want to speak ill of, of anyone or any movement, but there's kind of a conflict of interest in that the the people who are kind of selling and monetizing their guidance and leadership around these topics need it to feel imperative because otherwise you wouldn't pay them (laughs) for their help in getting you to meditate or to eat better or to do these things. And so the, the language exactly as you framed goes from like, this would be nourishing, this would be good, this would be exciting, this would make me happy to yeah. like, you know, if I don't do this, I'm going to die, or I'm going to fail, or my company will go under, or like these kind of, you know, we have enough doomsday talk as it is, like, <laughs> I think this is one place we can start to strip it away. And, yeah. and really just enjoy the fact that like, 
as individuals, we are afforded certain freedoms to make these decisions and to take actions that ultimately make us feel better. And like that should be celebrated in any form and doesn't require some like giant government issued warning label on it, like must be done in this way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I call that um, shooting all over ourselves because mm. we're, we're should, we're saying should left and right. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a constant state of guilt about, you know, the yeah. things we didn't get to or the, the places we wanted to or the relationships and on and on and on. It's like, man, why don't you just live with it? Sorry. <laughs> shouldn't shame anyone, but it's more so like there's so much more joy and excitement and happiness in being with what is versus yeah. thinking about all the things that could have been. And so, and, and the crazy thing is like, it's not, it's not a pill. It's not a nine month process. Like it's just a mental shift of like, if I were just able to let go of this sense of all these different things I, I should be doing, yeah. like, man, how much more space and, and happiness and joy immediately becomes available. Like yeah. it's a profound change. Yeah, yeah. It, well, and I can see too that um, some people aren't willing to put in the work, right? Mm -hmm. They just want to, like like you said, like a pill, they just want a quick fix yeah. when it takes intention to to move into this. It does. It absolutely does. Um, yeah. So now, oh, are you, are you thinking? <laughs> oh, always. Uh, the, the only thing that came up for me is like, I think that's where there's such a, a fun place to insert, um, you know, like the, the notion of tiny habits, which is a, a wonderful book that I find myself coming back to often in which we it. allow ourselves to, to redefine again, like, yes, it takes intention. Yes, it takes work, but like, man, work is relative. Like exactly. work is anything that is non-zero. So like, you know, in the book, it gives the example, like for some people, like just put on the, the running shoes, don't even go running, but literally yeah. just put on the shoes and start there. And when you realize like the steps can be that small and incremental, then like, again, that perceived barrier to intention and to, to progress feels so much lower and it's yeah. so much easier to get into. But I appreciate the, the perceived barriers. They're, they're high and they keep a lot of oh, people yeah. away from these things, which is tough. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I love that you call them perceived because that's what they are. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So so we want to get engaged in stillness and a sense of calm so that we can hear this quieter, wise voice. Are there other uh, strategies that you recommend as well? Yeah. So let's, we call that kind of first order. That's sort of like laying the foundation for how to do that. I think the second thing is is practicing in low stakes environments. You know, I think the other challenge is it's like you just got a new job offer. And we're like, come on, intuition, give me the answer. But you haven't spoken to it in 10 years. It's like, <laughs> it's going to be hard for intuition to show up for you in that moment. Um, but, you know, I think a, a place that I, I talk about jokingly, but that I think is important is how frequently people sitting at their desk have to go to the bathroom and don't. And it's yeah. because like they're writing the email or the phone calls in 10 minutes or, or you know, whatever kind of flow of events they have lined up and the bathroom would just be too large an interruption so they don't do it. But your body is is sitting there sending you a pretty clear signal like, hey, I need something. Can you help <laughs> me out? And it's it's like it's a it's a again, it's really simple and it's even kind of silly. Like you can laugh at it, but like giving into or like acknowledging those needs, those signals that your body is sending you, particularly from a place of more urgency starts to open you up to when that is happening in, in other places. 
Um, I think another great one is around kind of what you want to eat. Um, you know, sometimes we can get into the, like, well, how hungry am I? Like, what would be the healthy choice? Am I working out later? And you, you kind of like create this master list of variables. Um, and instead just kind of be like, man, like what would be awesome to eat? And just sit with that question for 10 seconds and see if anything bubbles up. And then by doing that, when you get to the higher stakes situations, you, you have a little bit more huh, intuition around how to kind of hear that voice or what it feels like when your body is sending you signals that you can actually have a reaction to. Oh, nice. So what else? What else is here? Hmm, for how to access that intuition. Um, how is yours nowadays with that? Just give us a sense of what it, what it, um, so say someone is out of touch, right? So mm-hmm. uh, Maybe from your experiences, you could tell us a story. Uh, <laughs> just, <laughs> I'm teasing, but I'm not, right? Um, but tell us a story of like, what is it like to actually be able to hear that uh, that wise voice and, and I don't know, not live with it? What, what words am I trying to like, for it to be such an integral part of your life that you don't even question it? It's Yeah, yeah. Um... Well, a first I should acknowledge, like, I think I have a great relationship with it and it is not like a free throw automatic. I don't get to just sit in a chair and have like my stomach <laughs> tell me every decision I should make in life. That would be cool. Um, that would be awesome. Yeah. So it's not perfect. Awesome. We know that. <laughs> yes, for sure. Um, so I'll offer, I'll offer two things. The, the first of which is I think actually the signal that tells me that I am in better relationship with my intuition is actually how much I notice when it's not there. And I can almost always point to like, Oh, well, like I haven't slept in three days or uh, I've been really stressed out lately. Or, you know, we had friends in town and we were kind of like running around like crazy people all weekend. And that's my signal that again, I need to go back to that kind of foundational level and, and get back into some of those more nourishing habits to help the voice come out more clearly and to create the space for me to hear it. Um, you know, the, the, the best kind of story example I can give, um, maybe almost three years ago because she's, so, uh, I have a daughter, her name is Saxon. She's going to turn three on January 3rd. Yeah. She's a, she's a good squeak. Um, (laughs) when she was about to be born, like six weeks before the birth, I was in the the phase where I was doing this kind of career coaching stuff and I just launched a website and I had like five or six active clients and it was starting to grow and I was building presence on LinkedIn and and all this stuff was happening. And I I remember having a conversation with um, my wife, Amelia, who was getting ready to take six months off of work. She's She's an attorney. And she kind of posed this question. It's like, well, you know, you can obviously keep going and and building your business, but like you have a cool opportunity to just be with us as a family for these early days, which so many people miss out on, um, kind of which one are you more interested in? And so I had like literally the birth of my daughter and I had this, this business that I'd been working on for, for eight months that was kind of in these nascent, like just getting out of that awkward waddle stage, which like <laughs> after spending six months in the waddle stage, you're like, oh my God, it just started walking. Like I can't, I yeah. can't imagine walking away from it. Um, but like that was when, you know, I remember going on a few runs. I remember just kind of trying to, to think things through 
And what was funny is like my brain wanted to do the business. My brain wanted the payoff for all the work that had just come in and the momentum I was starting to see. And I was, you know, kind of having this conversation with myself like, but you know, that'll bring in more revenue, which will then create more security for the family. And it'll kind of keep you engaged. It'll keep some frame of normalcy. Like I had 101 reasons why it made all the sense in the world to continue with the business and like an internal feeling that it was absolutely the wrong decision. Um, And so what I, and so what I ended up doing was literally like the business died. Like uh, I finished out my contract with all the clients I let the website kind of rot until the uh, the domain was up and then got rid of it and basically kind of let my LinkedIn presence go away. And like, that's that it, I should clarify like that. It was not as like black and white as I'm making it seem. It was not like those were the only options, like all death oh, yeah. or, or all success. Um, but I chose to prioritize being with my daughter um, and being there for the first six months. Um, which ended up being like the weirdest, wackiest, hardest. So, I mean, that made restaurants look like a total cakewalk. Oh my God. Yeah. I have two kids. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, believe me, like restaurants are tough and I love that. And like, man, being a parent goes so much deeper and so much farther than all those things. Um, but that's a moment where I very clearly remember, like I had every reason in the world to kind of continue pursuing and building this thing, which wouldn't have precluded me from like working from home and being around and like doing all the things that at least on the surface would have satisfied that requirement of, of being present and still having this, this internal notion, this feeling that like that was the wrong call. Yeah. Wow. Nice. So yeah. now I know you said that you are working on things right now yes. um, or you have things in the works, but normally at this point I ask about services or products. Do you, do you have any you want to share with the audience? Oh, such a great question. Like I, I, on the one hand, like absolutely do. And I, I want to share everything with the world. And I know that there's still kind of an iterative place. So, so what I would say I'm actually working on right now is um, a TEDx talk. Uh, that should be happening sometime in 2021 and is is basically an encapsulation of this conversation, really diving into um, equal parts of the experience and the science of intuition and, and how all of us can can harness it better. Um, and then from that, um, you know, I don't know if it'll be a, a class or a training or, or kind of a storytelling workshop, but I, I could certainly see a lot of different uh, things that, that are birthed from that. Um, may, uh, perhaps a clearer answer that I could give you is I do have a website. It's called drewdavislive.com. Uh, it's kind of covered all of my storytelling and, and speaking things. Um, and it's very easy to get in touch with me there. And if anyone has any questions or ideas or things that they're excited about, I think that's a fun space to, to play in. And I would love to hear from uh, anyone and everyone who wants to connect. Oh, awesome. I will make sure that that gets in the show notes. Perfect. That would be wonderful. Excellent. So your final piece of advice for our listeners today. Hmm. Final word of wisdom. <laughs> what does your intuition say? No. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a, that would be a good place to start. Um, you are not entitled to many things in your life, but your intuition is one of them. Ooh, I love that. Yeah. There there's there that needs to go in your TEDx right there. 
That'll be the tagline. That'll be there. The, you go. That'll be the hook. Oh, <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us today, Drew. Thank you, Christina. I had a wonderful time. If you'd like to learn more about Drew, visit his website at drewdavislive.com. Christina delivers her speeches to diverse global industries on a variety of topics. You can learn more about booking her for your event at christinaeans.com.